We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. Okay, so I thought maybe we would just start by, I guess, revealing that you and I are related. Yes. We are we are cousins um, by blood, and so uh, while we are not first cousins, I we're somewhere like what second, third, somewhere down the line. I don't even know how together. that works. Right, right. <laughs> um, but we are related, and we grew up together. And um, and you're originally from the Anadarko area um, in Anadarko, Oklahoma, and now reside in the Oklahoma City area. Probably lived in Oklahoma City, Memorial area, uh, longer than you lived in Anadarko. Anadarko, yeah. But we have really transitioned here into a new phase of life. But I thought that I would let you kind of introduce yourself, your family. Um, before we get into the conversation that we're about to have today. So, okay. Well, I'm Melissa Weathers. I am a librarian, um, which I love my job as a librarian. Um, I've been married to my husband, Bruce, for 23 years. I was thinking that's more than half of my life, too, that I've been married. So, I, everyone I think of that, I'm like, I feel old when I say stuff like that. But, uh, so he works uh, as a facilities uh, director. I have two boys. Uh, Noah is 15 and six foot two, which he hates being tall. Uh, and, I, and I'm like, I hate being short. Come on, no one's happy. Uh, and then Gabriel is 11 and he has energy all the time, always going. <laughs> Always in, always in motion. That's what I always said yes. about my second born too. Always in motion, always thinking fast, always moving fast, always, always. Um, okay, so so the reason I actually asked you to be a part of our podcast is because you guys um, have recently, probably within the last couple of years, um, and I know you're going to walk us through kind of that timeline, but y'all discovered that Gabriel has um, an eye impairment or something that has to do with his eyes. And so I'm hoping that you will be able to educate not only me, but the community and those that are going to listen in on this, maybe about your journey and what you know about, um, do they consider it a genetic disorder or do they consider it something that's tied to, I don't know, like trying it. I've always heard you can try on other people's classes and then it messes with your eyes. (laughs) So so you're going to ruin your eyes if you do that, or, you know, your eyes will stick if you're, if you look cross-eyed. And so, um, so yeah, I'm hoping you'll be able to educate us a little bit on this and tell us a little bit about Gabriel and this journey that y'all been on. Okay. Well, let's see. When Gabriel was about eight years old, he was in the second grade his teacher noticed that he was having trouble seeing the board. And we'd all noticed, my husband and the teacher and I had noticed that he kept putting like his papers and his books when he was reading like very close to his eyes, which wasn't what he normally did. Um, 
And so the teacher talked to us and she also thought that he might have uh, some dyslexia because he was mixing up letters. Um, so even though we've been to our regular uh, optometrist, like probably just six months before and everything had been fine, he could see perfectly. We took him back again, which oddly I was a little irritated because I'm like, well, our insurance isn't going to pay for this <laughs> because we were just there six months ago. But so we took him there and, you know, they do the eye tests with the machine and the machine tells you what your prescription would be, I guess. But then they also do the eye charts where they're supposed to read the eye charts. Well, the machine said that his eyes were just fine. And the eye charts, Gabriel was just like, I can't see that. I can't see that. The doctor was getting frustrated and sadly... The doctor at the end said, I think he is just faking because he wants glasses. That was his diagnosis. So we were just kind of like, well, okay, I don't know what to do. Um, since we also thought he might have dys dyslexia, the teacher had recommended a vision therapist to um, do vision therapy. And so we went to see them and we did 16 weeks of vision therapy and they work on lots of different things. Um, they worked with him. He had a good time. They, they thought that some things improved, but then like he still could not read the eye chart. And that doctor at the end was like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure why he's not able to see this. He had talked to... Um, mentors of his just to ask if they had any ideas and they didn't know anything. So it was just kind of like, we don't know. And so I was just left with, I don't know, what, what do we do next? So this is why I think it's so important where you just have to keep working for your kid and doing your own research to see what to do because I did research, looked at uh, ophthalmologists, um, and I found uh, Mike Sikowski at Dean McGee in Oklahoma City, and he's a pediatric ophthalmologist. And so we went to him and they did a whole lot more tests than any other like an optometrist would do. And that same day after he did the testing, we went in and Dr. Mike said that Gabriel had some kind of genetic vision disease. They were not sure what it was that we would need to do genetic testing to figure out what exactly it was. They got us hooked up with a genetic counselor that they used and they did the testing and they came back and we found out that Gabriel had Stargardt disease. Stargardt is in case you weren't S-T-A-R-G-A-R-D-T because I was like I'm sure I said it wrong. A lot. Um, and it's a macular degeneration, which is something that often older people might start going through. But this usually starts with kids. Um, and it can obviously come on fast because it was just like six months between that one eye appointment to when he couldn't see the eye charts hardly at all. So Stargardt disease, about 30,000 people in the United States have it. Um, he's going to be losing his central vision. And you can actually look online and you can 
find something that where you could look and see what it might look like. Uh, there's an organization called Two Blind Brothers, and they both have Stargardt disease. And so they have, like have a Facebook page and they have like a little video that kind of shows what it might look like. Of course, everyone's vision that has this could be a little different, but like the central vision, it could be blurry or he could have dark spots. And I really have no idea what, what Gabriel sees. I really wish that I knew exactly what he was seeing. And when another thing that we had noticed after, after having this, a friend of mine took our family pictures out in a field by her house. And so she kept saying to Gabriel, look at the camera, look at me, look at the camera. And Gabriel kept saying, I am looking at the camera. And so this made sense because he's using his peripheral vision to see things. So when he's looking or talking to someone, it looks like he's looking to the side of your face instead of looking straight ahead at you. Um, so I explain that to people because he really is paying attention to you. It just doesn't look like he's looking at you. He will hopefully keep his peripheral vision. Most people with this disease do keep it. So hopefully he can. Um, there is not a cure for it. Uh, there are currently no treatments. Um, there are gene and drug therapies available, although they mostly do those on adults and not on kids. So not helpful right now, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, when we found out his diagnosis, I was really happy that we just had a diagnosis. But then the stress, I was just like, what are we going to do? Is he going to totally lose his vision? Um, is he going to have a family one day? What, how, what kind of job? I mean, I think way far ahead where I should be doing this day by day, but I was just scared. I didn't, I was sad and I was scared. I didn't know what to think. It took about two years before we actually got the diagnosis from the time where we noticed that his vision wasn't doing great. When the second grade, um, we, my kids have gone to private school all their lives. And so we switched um, from one small private school to another one. And when he did the testing after second grade, like he finished second grade at one school and he did the testing, they decided to hold him back because his um, reading wasn't good. And of course, years later, we find out, well, that's because he could not see the words well. and so. He was just like, I can't read that. Well, he couldn't see it. He could read it. He just couldn't see it. So he's been held back a year because of that, which he was not happy with. Um, also, after we got his diagnosis, the doctor referred us to New View, Oklahoma, which is an amazing organization. I really have no idea what we have done, would have done without them. They are amazing. Uh, we went there. And their doctor did their own tests on Gabriel. We had appointments with occupational therapists. Sometimes we would go there to New View for those. And a few times they actually come to our house so that they can see what lighting do you have? Like, where does Gabriel do his homework? Let's see what lighting you have. Let's, and then they would bring all these different lamps with them. So let's see how this lamp helps you. Let's see which light bulb lighting, like what color of the light bulb might help with your vision. Um, they had uh, all these different magnifiers 
um, like a handheld magnifier. Um, he ended up uh, getting a dome magnifier that he would put on top of like a paper and he'd just move it across. They had uh, sunglasses with different tints to help because the sun can actually deteriorate his vision faster. We have a monocular, which is binoculars have two eye places to look through. So monocular is just one um, that he can use to see things far away. So like when we go to the zoo, we take a monocular because he can't see the animal that's way back where. So I try and set that to where the animal is so that he can then look through there and see the animal. Because it's not fun to go to the zoo and not actually see the animals. But they had all kinds of adaptive things for him to use. And otherwise, I don't know what we have done. We did buy him an iPad um, because there is a program called Bookshare. Um, and that's for people with visual disabilities and blindness. Um, it's free for kids while they're in school. And then I think there's a small fee for adults, but there's, oh, I don't remember. They have like a million books on it. And Gabriel could make the font on these books as big as he wanted on his iPad. And since, you know, he's got to read 20 minutes a day for school, he would make that, I mean, he'd make it very big so that he could read it easily. Although his eyes do get tired quickly, and so they would start hurting. So he likes audio a lot more than reading print. Although, like, you still have to read print because you need to know how to spell stuff and all that. Um, Bookshare was amazing. They also had uh, a program. I don't, I don't remember what this app was called, but it was just amazing. He uses it sometimes, but it he can, it will go, like, on a money app. Uh, portion where the app will look at a piece uh, paper money and tell you $10 or $20 bill because if he couldn't see it, I mean, how do you know someone's not giving you the correct change or that you're giving them not enough money? Um, it also would show, like you could hold it up and it would say like, there's a woman 10 feet in front of you smiling. So he could see that. I mean, he's he's not to the point where he needs something like that. And he thinks it's a little funny because sometimes it does, it's not quite as accurate because I mean, it's something they're working on. So it was like a prototype. Um, they were saying it would be super expensive if you really got it. But since it was a prototype, it was free for us to use. But he, he'll come in sometimes and say, look, this says I'm a 27-year-old guy. And I'm like, okay, Gabriel. <laughs> But they showed us different things on uh, the iPad that he could use. Like uh, in school, if he didn't want to use his monocular to look at stuff on the board, then he would just take a picture of the board with his iPad and then he could blow up the picture bigger on his iPad. So Apple products are really good. They have really good features for people with uh, visual impairment. They have things for the kids. Uh, he went on a zoo trip one time um, with New View, which is a whole bunch of kids. And I think it's so important for him to be around other kids who have visual impairments because he's he's not around that. Just to be with people who are similar to him, who have similar struggles that he has. So he had a lot of fun doing that. He actually got one of the little zoo keys that the zoo has where they'll do the audio about the animals. And so he still has that. And anytime we need to go to the zoo, he's like, I got to go find my zoo key so we can listen to this stuff because he's not going to be able to see the signs very well. They also have OWL Camp, and OWL stands for Oklahoma Without Limits. 
it's a week long camp. Um, and they have one for younger kids and then they have a week long one for older kids. They do lots of different activities. They did uh, some video games. They were gonna do uh, dragon rowing or dragon boating, except they got rained out and didn't get to do that. But they also did um, indoor rock climbing and he absolutely loved that. So he got to be around kids with visual uh, disabilities and each kid got their own little person that went with them. So that was their buddy for the week because they didn't know how much help that that kid might need. And actually some of the helpers had visual disabilities as well. I know there was one gentleman that worked for New View and he uses a white cane. I mean, he had a blast that week. He got really close to his buddy that came and he made lots of friends and just did things where they were able to adapt things for the kids. So he loved that and he is planning to go every year because <laughs> he loved it. Duvie actually works with all ages. Um, I even have uh, a friend from church who has used them because she was has a, having some visual um, issues. And she told me that they completely changed her world because of the, the things they gave her just to adapt to her changing eyes. They uh, actually have programs where they work with people to um, do job skills. Um, they actually have jobs there in factories they make. Uh, actually, I was so excited. We went to Romano State Park this summer and inside the lodge, there was a hand sanitizer. And it said that that was provided by New View, Oklahoma because that's one of the things they do. They do like hand sanitizer, like all kinds of different things where these people who have visual impairments or blindness can have a job and do lots of things. There's so much out there that he, he could potentially do. Like at first I was like, what's Gabriel gonna do for a job one day? Is he just gonna live with me forever? Um, well, he says he's gonna live with me forever, but that was even before we found out his diagnosis. <laughs> but um. But yeah, he could go there for training. He could work there. I know we met someone there who was a lawyer. And then um, apparently a lot of people that work with visual impairment children at schools are also possibly legally blind. Like when we went to the school, public school, um, we met the visual, I think it's the visual impairment coordinator, counselor, I don't know, but she was like, well, I'm legally blind, so I don't drive, and I was like, well, that makes total sense that you would have someone who knows, I mean, they know what things the kids are going to go through, so they're going to know what they need to help them. I'm just I'd like, there's so much that Gabriel can potentially do, so New View, highly, highly recommend that if anyone has visual impairments or blindness. Um, actually, they used, uh, well, Insurance does not pay for adaptive tools for people who are visually impaired or are blind. I don't know that they'd even pay for the white cane. I mean, and this stuff gets expensive. Like, um, there's like the little cameras, I can't think what they're called. People keep telling me about them where you can put it on your glasses and it will read stuff to you. I mean, some of these things are thousands of dollars. So it's very expensive to 
have these disabilities because your insurance is not going to help with things like that. So um, they actually used some grants that they had and they paid for some of the tools that we were got from them. So that was a big help. The, the private school he's gone to for the last three years, um, after we found out about his impairment, they were, they helped us as much as they could. Like we'd say, okay, he brings his dome magnifier. He's going to need to use his iPad. Um, we were able to purchase his textbooks, the digital version, so he could make those bigger while the other kids would have the actual book. And like on state testing, they gave him more time just because it takes him more time to read things. And they did as best as they could. But of course, they don't get government funding, so they don't have the money to do all that they can. So we decided this, that this year we're going to put Gabriel into public school. And I was kind of worried because I'm like, are kids at public school going to be meaner? Not that kids in private school are not mean, uh, but how is this going to be? Um, so we put him in the Moore schools and they have been amazing. And I now wish that we had put him in public school when we first found out his diagnosis because he would have gotten so much more help. Um, so the summer, at the beginning of the summer, they started doing the testing on him. He came out so excited because they had used um, this machine called a CCTV where he can put his papers and his books under this camera and it comes up on the screen in front of him like he could write on the worksheet while seeing it in the, the print big um and they're like he may get one of these to help him in school i have heard those cctv magnifiers are really really good i mean they have so many things to help and i just wish i would i was just like i had no idea so the public school has so many things to help. He is going to have an IEP. We're actually having our meeting to go over it on Friday. That was going to be one of my questions is, are, have y'all implemented an IEP? It thrills my heart and soul that they are working so well with you guys and that they're doing everything that they can. How, how have the kids been? Has he, I know we've only been in school a few days and, and all of that, but how have the kids been? So far, he's making friends, and on all the kids in more school, at a, I don't know what grade they started at, but they all get a laptop, and so they are, had already told me that he'd be getting a bigger laptop than the other kids, so we'll have a bigger screen for him, and he actually brought it home yesterday, and we saw the labels on there. I'm sure the other ones that the other kids have probably just say more public schools, but his says it came from the Oklahoma School for the Blind. They put some large print stickers over all of the keys on the keyboard so that he can see the keys better because he has not learned to type yet. Hopefully he'll be able to do it without looking, but I still have to look at the keys sometimes. I'm like, that is Ghibli Gok. So obviously my hands are on the wrong keys. So, but so he has the large print stickers on there and he was super excited about that. Um, they're going to be printing all of his worksheets on large paper. And I did not realize just how large this paper was. It was enormous. Like he brought home, they uh, had a little agreement about taking care of the laptop. And so we had to sign and mark off these things. 
it was huge. Like he's holding it up to me. I'm like, wow. Okay. That that's amazing. Um, and I had one thing on the, the paper asking for a certain thing and I didn't know what it was. So I sent a message to the teacher, like, do you know what this is? Is this something I should find on his laptop? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, and by the way, we got a whole lot of more of the large paper that we're going to be printing all of his things on. So I was like, that, that is amazing. Um, everything should be nice and big for him. Before we did his IEP, they were like, okay, here's what we're going to do until we get his IEP in place. So they're like, if we need a lamp, we'll do that. Because a couple of his classes had, they're trying to make their rooms look nice and cool. And so they have the lights dimmed and they have like lights strained through the room. And I'm like, this isn't going to work for him. He needs to have a lot of light to see stuff. And so there's a possibility that he'll have lamps in those classes to go on his desk so that he can see that better. Any board work done, he's, he's supposed to get that printed for him. So he'll have that information. So he can't see things up close, like the reading, but also seeing things far away. I mean, just seeing in general, because he's losing his central vision. When we go out and we're doing stuff, if there's a lot of people around and maybe he went off and did something and came back, I always wave to him and say, Gabriel, because if there's so many faces, it's hard for him to distinguish who is who. So you can see him getting lost. Like, where's my mom? And sometimes he looks scared. Like there's been times where he's like, where did you go? Where did you go? Because he gets scared because he can't determine who's, where is my mom? There's too many faces in here. So that's one thing that he has to deal with. Oklahoma Parent Center, and they help uh, parents that have kids with disabilities. And I've attended a webinar on IEPs because I've never had an IEP. Well, Gabriel hasn't had an IEP. And I don't know. Like, I checked out a book from the library, being a good librarian. And that was still, like, this is a big book, and this is very confusing. So they talked through IEPs. They're available to go over your IEP with you to say, okay, this is good, and maybe you should add this. Although I've seen so many things that the school has to offer. I don't know everything that they have to offer. Let's say I went to a full-day conference they had in Durant, and they had, it, it was like for teachers, school, administration, and for parents. And so they had several speakers come in and just talk about how to help kids with disabilities succeed. So that's something. And they're just like, give us a call if you need help. And it's a free service. So recommend anyone use that. There's the Foundation Fighting Blindness. They have My Retina Tracker Registry. So people who have uh, these visual disabilities, they can put their information in there. And then if there's like any trials or new information on your condition, because they have lots of different, there's so many different uh, visual diseases um, that they will send you information on something that has to do with your specific disease. They have webinars and they have like a quarterly insights where they just talk about, here's new things that we've been doing. This trial's been done for this. And I try and listen to those if I can. My work insurance, I had never heard anything like this before, but, and I don't remember how I got in contact with this lady, but she is now Gabriel's case manager. 
And, and I think it was because we were doing all these vision tests and they're like, what are, what, what is this? And so I explained his diagnosis and they're like, well, you can have a case manager. And so, um, our case manager is wonderful. And she just calls me periodically to see what's going on. And she kind of gives me a push because sometimes I'm like, do I wait to ask for questions? Like first getting Gabriel into the school is like, I don't know how, how long do I need to wait before they start doing testing? I, I don't know. And so I was just talking to her once about how, well, I talked to the person in this department and now I'm just waiting. And she's like, well, do you want me to call them and, and see where they are? Because I don't like talking to people on the phone. <laughs> um, so I'm like, can I text it or can I email it? That's what I'd rather do. I want to talk to anyone on the phone. Um, so she called them and she got stuff moving a lot faster. She's given me ideas like Gabriel is also nearsighted. So as ophthalmologist had him wear glasses. He does not want to wear his glasses. He just says, they don't help. They don't help. I'm like, well, you're supposed to give them a chance. And so she gave me ideas on how to get him to wear his glasses because it just kept becoming, why aren't you wearing your glasses? What are you doing? Um, and she's just there if I want to vent. She's like, if you just need to talk, you just call me. But it's been wonderful. I never would have thought like your health insurance would have something like that. So, and I don't know if all health insurance does that, but I know I recently talked uh, to a friend who works also for the library and her daughter has some visual issues. And so I was telling her about that. I'm like, you should call, get her a case manager and they might be able to help with you too. Then I found a Stargard Facebook group. Um, some of the people on there actually have Stargard and some are like parents of kids with Stargard disease. And so that's been helpful just seeing things while Stargardt usually uh, starts out when they're kids some people start showing signs when they're adults I've even seen in uh one of the sessions for the foundation fighting blindness someone's like I'm in my 70s and have just been diagnosed with this so it kind of varies but it's I see things like people just the last few days have been like how do I go to college? Um, I want to go to college, but if I can't see the board, what am I supposed to do? And so other people who have this disease um, will be like, oh, well, they have accommodation office at every college and you just need to go to them and they will tell the professor what you need. And if it's not working, you just work with the professor and everyone's always wanting, they want to help you succeed. So just seeing things and people talking about, this is my, this is a job I do. Just seeing all these people succeeding and what they do. And then people have questions like, what do I do about this? So just people in the community helping each other. I've really enjoyed looking at those. The, I definitely want to follow up with by asking you to talk about the genetic component to all of this. I would love you to go back and kind of even explain some of the genetic testing. What was that like? Was it easy to do? Was it hard? You know, was it easy to get in to see the pediatric ophthalmologist? Was it easy to get in to see him? Well, um, to get into Dr. Mike, I actually sent a message. I don't know if it was an email or because, you know, I don't want to call. Uh, it may have been a Facebook message to Dean McGee, but um, I was just asking, okay, this, this is what has happened. My son cannot see things well and... The optometrist thought he was faking. 
obviously he's not. We've done vision therapy. That doctor doesn't know what's going on. Is this a good place to go? Is this my next step? Because I don't know where to go otherwise. And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, they had talked to the doctor and they said, yes, we will get him in. So it was really easy to get in to see Dr. Mike. Completely easy. And uh, they actually work with a genetic group to get our genetic counselor. We actually just went to Dr. Mike's office to talk to the genetic counselor the first time. And she sat us down and explained everything to us, what will be happening, how long it will take to get the information back. And so she went through to just get all that stuff ready and send in the information. And they actually mailed us the genetic testing material and it was just a swab. So we just had to swab his mouth, mail that in. And then after that came back, we met again to talk about the diagnosis because it was Stargardt disease. So she explained all of that to us. So Stargardt disease, it is genetic. So my husband and I both have, it's the ABCA4 gene. And of course you have two, two of those. Um, so we both have one perfectly formed ABCA4 gene and we both have a mutated gene. Sadly, I kind of feel guilty for this, and it's not our fault. We can't help our genetics, but Bruce and I both gave Gabriel our mutated gene, and so he has Stargardt disease because he got too mutated. He doesn't have a good one. If he had gotten a, like a perfectly good gene from one of us and a mutated one, he most likely would have been perfectly fine with his eyesight. So we ended up, and to find that out, after we found out he had Stargardt, they decided that they were going to do genetic testing on Bruce and I as well. So we did that, and that's how we figured out that both of us have a regular and a mutated gene. Then we asked, actually, can we have Noah tested? Because I just wanted to know, is Noah going to eventually start losing his sight? Because that's, I don't want to have to worry about it. I'm anxious that it is. I don't want to have to sit here and worry, is Noah eventually going to have this? We both gave him the good gene. So he doesn't have it. He cannot pass it on to his kids. That's how we found out about the genetic testing. It's simple to do. There's no blood. They're not going to take, because at first Gabriel's like, are they going to take my blood? No, it was just a mouth swab. It was easy to do and sent, mail it off. And actually, I don't remember the name of the genetic testing group that we did, but they actually work with the Foundation for, for Fighting Blindness. They're actually with the registry that they do. So it can cost a lot because um, insurance doesn't necessarily pay for it, but the company did call and they go by uh, your income. So they will like knock down the price some depending on what your income is. So that was helpful. I mean, we were going to do it no matter what, because we just wanted to know, especially for Noah, so we didn't have to worry about that. And that another initial cost that insurance isn't necessarily going to pay for. How is he dealing with this emotionally? Does he, does he feel strong? Is he the strong kid that is going to be able to push through and, and kind of take this on? Um, and you as parents, you mentioned earlier that sometimes you carry that piece of guilt. Gabriel has been really good at adapting 
to this. Um, I feel really bad for people who end up starting showing signs when they're adults because I mean, you're already set in your ways and I mean, kids are still growing and adapting and things are changing all the time. So I think it's probably a lot easier when you're younger because you're just adapting as you go along. He does get frustrated really easily. Um, like, I can't do this. Sometimes I think he tries to use it to his advantage to get out of things. And so I have to be really careful because I'm like, can you really not do the certain thing? Or he just doesn't want to do it. He adapts well and he's not shy about telling people about his visual disability. Um, and I'm very glad because he's going to have to advocate for himself for the rest of his life. And I know I'm doing a lot more advocating and I'm trying to get information out. Like, I'm always happy to talk about it because most people don't know these things, but like he'll tell when he has new friends, he'll explain to it. And I know we've, um, like he used to go to Urban Air all the time and he'd made new friends there. And I've noticed uh, there's been a time when one of his friends would just get there and his friend's up somewhere saying, Gabriel, Gabriel. And Gabriel's looking all around, but he can't see. I mean, there's bright lights flashing everywhere and he can't see them. So I'll tell kids sometimes. I'm like, did Gabriel tell you that he has a visual impairment? He may not see you if you're in a big crowd or far away. So just know that. And kids have been absolutely fine and great about all of that. No one has made fun of him that he's told me about visual impairment. So far, it's all been going good, but I think it's really important just to explain things. Oh, I was so nervous when he started school. This Well, he's taking the bus to school and that stinking bus was my biggest fear on his first day of school because I'm like, he does not know what his school looks like and is he even going to recognize it if he did know what it looked like? Is he going to get off the bus at the right school? And neighborhoods, I mean, I get lost in neighborhoods trying to get out. When you get into a neighborhood and you're like, you're turning this way, this way, where's the exit of this place? But I'm like, is he going to know which stop to get off at to where at our house? Because it's like right there by our house. And so I ended up calling the bus department to see, okay, my son has a visual impairment. How many schools are you going to stop at on the way there? And luckily, they only go to his school after they pick him up. So I was like, okay, he cannot miss that because if he's the only one on the bus and they're going back to the bus barn, there's a problem. Um, but then I'm like, okay, how many stops on the way back? And they're like, well, that's 13. I'm like, oh yeah, he's not going to keep track of that. And so I'm like, well, I guess I can have him tell the bus driver that he has vision problems and can she let him know and he was like yeah that that's great they would be happy to help you with that but come to find out apparently the bus driver is yelling out at each stop what stop it is so I don't know if that's something they just do at the beginning of school or if that's something she'll do every time and she may just do it for his stop later on I'm I'm not sure I mean it's only like the fourth or fifth day of school but after that, like the day of, like I took the day off just so I could be home just for in case anything went wrong, but I was nervous. Like I cleaned my stove, which was horrid, and I did all this major cleaning just to keep busy 
somewhere where it's yeah. <laughs> and uh but like the next day I I didn't worry at all if he was going to get to the right place and something he did we they had an open house for the school I guess that was sometime last week and so Gabriel had his dad go with him several times he's like let's go to the front of the school and come in and then walk through where I where I will go so that he would he keeps saying so this will be my muscle memory of and I never used that term so I'm not sure where he came up with this but he's like we're gonna do this muscle memory so I know which room to go into so they would walk and go find his classroom the one he goes to first of all so that he would know which one to go to so I mean he's doing things to help him know where to go even though he may not be able to see things as well as everybody else I love that, that whole muscle memory. It's like, I got to do things differently. And this is part of it. Goodness, mm -hmm. he's doing a great job then trying to adapt and, and keep everything in line and structured. And so I love that. The other day I was at a training and we were talking about website design. And there's a feature when you're kind of designing websites, there's a descriptive. So if you put a picture into the website, you're supposed to type in there the description of what the person would be looking at, you know, if they run the mouse over it, I guess. Does he have some of those devices already on his computer where if he is using a mouse, is he to that point now? Or it just made me think, I mean, it just kind of opened my eyes to think, I need to use really good descriptions on and and the accommodations that need to be made for people who have visual impairment. Well, he really hasn't used a computer much except for playing a video game. Yeah, but yes, yeah. accessibility, I never noticed that until uh, recently, the Two Blind Brothers Facebook thing. If they have a picture, they will have that description written out of what it is. Gabriel uses Siri on his phone to text now, so he doesn't have to try and read that little print. So anytime he gets a text, he listens to it, and he speaks to his phone to text back, which sometimes has some interesting things because Siri does not understand our Oklahoma accent, apparently. So I say that all the time. She does not understand Oklahoman, does she? <laughs> but he uses that. I mean, that's the only way he does it. It always, when I get a text from it, it says use with Siri. So that has been really helpful for him because really he hasn't done any texting. Like when he first had a cell phone, it was a cheap Motorola. And, but Apple products have so many different things for accessibility. Actually, I was Googling it and seeing what all things do they have that I can change? So I like um, apparently the blue screen or the blue light on the screen is bad for his eyes with his disease. So I found out there's like, I think it's a nighttime mode, which I changed mine to like about a couple hours before I go to bed because it can keep you awake with that blue light. So it does a different kind of lighting. And so I just have his on that, like the entire time, like he's not going to have that blue light on his phone anymore. Um, and I was doing all kinds of stuff when he first got, it was actually just Bruce's old phone, but I was like changing all the stuff. And he was of course impatient. Come on, give me my phone. I'm like, but I'm trying to get all these things to help with your vision. He's like, do it later. So I didn't get too many things done on it, but I got a few things like 
the font on things, making sure that it's always bigger and trying to get the little icons to be as big as they can. But yeah, yeah, there's, there's lots of tools. Um, New View actually had uh, a come and go thing. I guess it was last month where they had a few companies come and bring their tools. Um, so they have like some goggles that you put on. They're kind of like VR goggles, but you can see things like one was even, of course, Gabriel loved this because it was like playing a video game. He's like, yeah, you can get on there and play Minecraft. And it would just be right there. And I'm like, okay, we are not going to get that for <laughs> Not yet. Whoa. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, they had like the CCTVs and I'm like, I wonder how much those cost because I don't know if he gets one at school. Is this something that he brings home so he can continue doing any homework at home or do we need to buy one? And those are 3000 or something dollars. So I'm just like, what? What do we, but them um, and one thing I saw, which I was excited about the stickers for his laptop that were on the keys to make him bigger, because uh, one of the companies had a keyboard that had large print on the keyboard. There's, theirs weren't stickers. It was nice and fancy. Um, but they just had all kinds of different things to show that we're helping. And of course, they're always getting better and better. So I'm just like, Gabriel wants it all. And I'm like, okay, we have to we need to get things that we know are going to help you that are going to be worth it. We don't want something that you're going to get and then you're not even going to use it. And is this just for because you think it's fun or is this something that's really going to help you? All the new and exciting things that are going to open the world for him, you know, in a way that we don't fully understand because we don't have the same um, visual impairment. I know that's hard for you as a parent to not give it all to him. Um, right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta figure out how we can make all of this work. You've done an amazing job um, describing some of these um, resources and just the interventions that, that the school and everybody has done for you guys. And I love that. I absolutely love that. What's something that you want, that you want Gabriel's friends and your friends to know um, about this or how they can help you or how they can support you through this? Because obviously this is, this is life-changing. Um, it is. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about how the community and people and friends can support you. Encouragement, encouraging Gabriel to do all that he can do and encouraging us because, I mean, it's stressful just not not knowing. I don't know how bad his vision will become. Maybe it's only going to get a little bit bad because um, maybe, well, some people with this can drive, but some people cannot drive. So we don't even know if he'll be able to drive one day. Um, just helping him and adapting to things. Well, just like when I'm, he's in a crowd and I'm like, hey, I'm right here. So it'd be nice if someone's wanting to talk to him to be sure and be like, hey, I, it's, whoever, say who you are, because all those faces, he might not recognize who you are. I think I remember someone actually doing that not too long ago. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, hey, it's whoever. And I'm like, well, that was nice of them to do because if there's a big crowd, then he might not know who exactly are you. Treating him like a normal kid. He wants to go have fun and do this and that, go skateboarding. Yeah. He actually wanted to, uh, ride his bicycle to school. It's over a mile away. And I'm like, no, 
just really treating him as a regular kid, but knowing that there might be things that he might need help with and just watching how you say things with the whole, you're going to go blind doing, I think everyone just needs to think about stuff like that. Cause I had never thought about that until I had a son who had a visual impairment. I had never thought about stuff like that. And kind of picking your words carefully. He's doing things with his phone, holding his phone up close to his face and someone kind of snarky says, you're going to go blind. Well, I already am. I know because I'm all about snark and sarcasm. So <laughs> got to tone that down. Watch what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> so yeah, no, I love that. Um, well, I know that in my world, my chiropractor is, um, he's legally blind. I know I keep down saying he can do lots of things. Like at the beginning, I was just like terrified. Oh no. What's it going to do? There's so many things that he can do. I do notice that, um, I still have to think about ways to accommodate him just myself that I never had to think about before. Um, like at church, they had like an animal night where they had someone bring in exotic animals and we sat down at a table and then Gabriel's like, how am I going to see the stuff? And I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like he would need, well, they took the animals around to everyone, but I have to think about things like we need to be in the front to see things. And then I'm like, well, how do we even do that? Because I was looking at Lion King tickets. Of course, they were expensive. I'm like, okay, we're not doing that. But I'm like, how? I know they have wheelchair accessible seats. What do you do if someone has a visual impairment? I don't know what to do because he's going to need like, front row seats to see stuff. How do you do that? Because those front row seats are going to be the most expensive tickets. How, how do you do that? That's still something I don't know. Um, what do you do? Who do you talk to? Do they even accommodate people for things like that? Because yes, we would want to sit with our child to watch this thing, but I don't want to spend $200 when a cheaper ticket where we would normally be in the nosebleeds, we would only pay like $50. Uh, we went to SeaWorld maybe a year ago. And so we try to always get down low. And it's just, I have to, I guess I'm going to have to be more, not forceful, but I'm going to have to speak up more to be like, okay, my son has a visual impairment. So we need to do this. Because what if all the front rows are already taken? How how do I get myself to, what do I do? How do I handle these things? It's, it's something I'm still learning. How can I be kind as I'm trying to give my child the same opportunities yes. that are available to others, knowing that his experiences are going to be very different, even yes. if he gets those front row seats. You, you've done a beautiful job sharing your, your story, your journey, and I really hope that you will come back and continue to educate us in this area. Um, I, I know that part of what Oklahoma Family Network does is we helping families understand they're not alone if they come up with this, you know, if they hear about this or if the doctor uses this word um, and then being able to use you as a connecting tool to someone here in Oklahoma who may be experiencing the same type of diagnosis. So really having that peer to peer family to family guidance and mentorship as you have as you have learned in the last two or three years. Uh, about the progression of all of this and all the progress you're making for uh, Gabriel on his behalf. So 
And I hope you'll keep us updated and continue to educate us and, and come I'd back. Be happy to. Yay. I am so glad. I'm so glad. Well, thank you for being here today. We're going to start spreading the word and, and letting people know all about Gabriel. So yay. He was all about letting people know. He's like, yeah, sure. Although I think that he thought he was going to do this. So he would actually probably be happy to talk to you as well if you need point of view. Absolutely. If he's up for it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do an interview with him. You tell him to prep himself for something like this. And thank you for being willing to do this. You're welcome. After we recorded our podcast, Melissa had her IEP with Gabriel's school and wanted me to give you an update. She says, the IEP meeting went great. Gabriel has a CCTV magnifier to use when needed. It comes in a little briefcase with a handle to carry from class to class. The teachers will communicate with each other and let each other know if he won't need it that day due to what they might be doing. Melissa says, I only cried once during the meeting. His homeroom teacher said he's advocating for himself and making friends. Melissa says, of course I'm happy that he's making friends, but the teacher indicating that he's advocating for himself when he can't see something makes me so happy. Melissa says the teacher also shared a moment of when she teared up. It was the first time she gave Gabriel one of the papers on the oversized paper. She said that Gabriel exclaimed that he could actually read it. The teacher indicated that she teared up immediately and messaged all of the other teachers to let him know his reaction. Melissa shared that it makes her heart happy to know that they care so much for him and are going to help him succeed. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.